Okay, I'll try one more time. Happy Sabbath, everyone. I can see that our church is filled with the Holy Spirit today and our church members. Um, we want to welcome all the guests, our CM, our youth, families, everyone that are here today. If I was to ask, who, is, who in here is originally from Loma Linda? Who can raise their hands? Who is born from Loma Linda? All right, very few, right? Not too many. Um, whenever I get asked, where are you from, or where's your home, I have a very difficult time on, um, answering to the question. I came to America when I was 11 years old, and then I stayed in Michigan for about 12 years, and then I moved to New York, and then now I'm in Loma Linda. And my father, being a pastor, I have moved over 30 times in my life. And it was tough. Move, settle down, make new friends, move again, settle down, make new friends, and do it again, all over again. Uh, Jesus also moved a few times, as you know. But he settled, and Jesus had a hometown. And that place was Nazareth in Galilee. It is this Jesus of Nazareth that we will learn about today. Let us pray once more. Father God, we thank you so much for your loving Son. Uh, may your presence be here with us today and open our hearts and minds so that we may listen to your word. Thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So Nazareth was not a wealthy town. Okay. It was a small town of less than 500 people. You know how small that is? Um, I used to live in Bering Springs, and even Bering Springs in Michigan had over 500 people. And it was also a town made up of people who knew each other, like relatives. A place for the lineage of David, King David, where the, where, who were once royals, now after 28 generations, they lived um, distant from Jerusalem, occupied by King Herod. And if you were people of Jesus in his times, would you be able to accept Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, as your Savior? A place of poor people, without proper education, Son of a carpenter, a wanderer, could you accept that Jesus as your Savior? Let's make Nazareth a little bit more relevant. What if I changed Nazareth to San Bernardino, Colton, Jesus of Colton? Would you be able to accept Jesus from Colton as your Savior and serve him and worship him. When I first moved to California, I actually moved into Colton. It seemed nice. I didn't know about the reputation that it had. I lived right across uh, Cedar Bros. Do you guys know where that is? On Barton, right? Coming towards church. And people were nice. It was a nice neighborhood. But, um, uh, church people told me that, informed me that Colton is not the safest place to live. And so I moved into Loma Linda. 
Jesus chose to pick Nazareth as his hometown. So why? Why would he, why would he choose to be called and take the name Jesus of Nazareth? Why would he bear such name? You know, I recently attended a youth pastor summit at Settleback Church. It's where a lot of youth pastors gather, and we meet, we learn, and we get educated. And there was a speaker named Sean McDowell who really blew my mind. And I was reading one of his books, and he wrote in one of his books this, Christianity is not a religion. Religion is humans trying to work their way to God through good works. Christianity is God coming to men and women through Jesus Christ. And that really hit me. Jesus came down to earth in the lineage of David, and he lived in the town of Nazareth, a place of people who were once royals. Jesus of Nazareth, I think, is a code name. There is a reason behind why he chose. He came to bring the message of good news. To restore us, to remind us that our home is in heaven. That we belong in the lineage of God over kings and emperors. So Jesus, Christ, hometown in Nazareth, where people who were once lineage of David, right? The royals lived in a poor place. Christ bore that name, Jesus of Nazareth, to remind us we were created in the image of God. We were made to be with God, but we have sinned and we have fallen and God has a plan to restore us. So Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, remind us that we are to be with them. John chapter 18, verse 1. Let's read there. John chapter 18, verse 1. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. And as we all know, Jesus is in a garden. Where? Which garden is he in? He is in the garden of Gethsemane. Human history began in a garden. And the first sin of men was committed in that garden. The first Adam disobeyed God and was cast out of the garden. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, became obedient to his Father as he went into the garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed and he prepared himself for Saving mankind. And the name Gethsemane means oil press, right? And the olives would be picked and put into the press for their oil. What a picture of suffering. Christ endured suffering for people who sinned. Jesus goes through suffering for our sin. There is also a brook that is mentioned here. It's called Kidron, and it is very significant. The name means dusky or gloomy. What do you think that is? It was a river um, that was connected to the temple in Jerusalem. 
And when people made sacrifices and when they killed the lambs and offerings, the blood would go down through this stream. And so it would be dark and dusky. Christ was crucified in the time of Passover. And so for Christ to cross over this river would show that he was willing to cross the line to die for mankind, to die for sinners, to die for Isaac of Nazareth, for people like me and you. John chapter 18, we will continue to read. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it? You want. And I think that is a question that we all need to ask. Who is it that you want? Jesus replied, Jesus of, oh, who is it you want? And they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. And it's very interesting here what Jesus says. Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, and Jesus says, I am he, Jesus said. And to me, that is very significant. It is amazing of how Christ answers. Does it make sense to you? It is a message of hope. He admits, Jesus is saying, yes, I am Jesus of Nazareth, when they ask, but what is his reply? I am he. And so at the same time, when he's saying, Yes, I am Jesus of Nazareth, that horrible place, but I am also God. I am He. He's the only one that is able to say, I am. He's giving a sense, he's sending out a message of hope saying, Mankind, you are a sinner. You are of Nazareth, but your origin, God has planned to restore you. I am He. I am the Savior. I am the only one that could have come to rescue you. There is a plan of restoration for mankind from Nazareth to be with I am. So who is Jesus to you? And He is the one that is asking the question. Who is it you want? Are you able to accept Jesus? as your Savior, even if he is Jesus of Nazareth. The truth is, oftentimes in our lives, we choose to betray him. Oftentimes it is the children of God who breaks the heart of God, and there are times when we're embarrassed to say, I am Isaac of Nazareth. I am Isaac of Colton. A lot of times we want to be, I would rather be Isaac of Loma Linda. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of a story about myself and my father. I never considered myself poor 
but I also knew I was never rich. I respect my father very much. Uh, he came to the U.S. after being a pastor of Korea for 12 years to get his doctorate at Andrews. Um, and I attended a public school when I was in Michigan, Varian Springs, sixth grade. You know, I didn't even know ABC back then. And when I attended school, um, I would always wear white Hanes t-shirt to school. Do you guys know what those are? Right? And you get those in like a pack of four or five, right? And being, you know, in, the young, in my young mind, I was wearing a different clothes every day. I thought they were different, right? Um, because I have four or five different white t-shirts. But one day, one of my friends asked me, Hey, Isaac, how come you always wear the same t-shirt? And then that's when it hit me. That's when my eyes started to open. And I began to want things. And of the things that I wanted, one of the things that I really wanted was a uh, Super Nintendo. Maybe there's a picture? Do you guys know what Super Nintendo is? It's a game console back in the days, right? And I really wanted this. I wanted to play Super Mario World, Donkey Kong, and, you know, I just, I just, just like any other kids, I wanted this so bad. So I would ask my dad, but they wouldn't buy for me. You know, my dad's number one treasures are books. Uh, there's pictures that I'm going to show you. He has over 20,000 books. Imagine having to pack that and carry that 30 times every time we move, right? And I was like, man, you have so many books. So maybe you have money, you know? But he kept on saying, you know, he wouldn't let me have my Super Nintendo. So after begging and pleading, I said something that I should never have said. I told my parents, we're so poor that you can't even afford me a game station. Sixth grade. And that night, I got my very own Super Nintendo. And that night, um, my mom cried. And I truly broke my parents' heart. And I think that is true of all of us. We break God's heart. Just as Judas betrayed Jesus, everyone in the story, whether Judas or the disciples or the soldiers, the state and the church from the synagogue, ends up betraying Jesus. We break his heart. Like a child breaking a parent's heart. We don't want to be associated with Jesus of Nazareth. We pretend to not know him at times in our lives. But Jesus says, no, I still love you. Verse 18, uh, verse 8, chapter 18, verse 8. Jesus answered, I told you what, that I am he. he um, from his book, The Crucified God. It says, when God becomes man in Jesus of Nazareth, he not only enters into the uh, finitude of men, but in his death on the cross also enters into the situation of man's God-forsakenness. In Jesus, he does not die the natural death of a finite being, but the violent death of the criminal on the cross. 
the death of a complete abandonment by God. The suffering and the passion of Jesus is abandonment, rejection by God, his Father. God does not become a religion so that man participates in him by corresponding religious thoughts and feelings. God does not become a law so that man participates in him through obedience to a law. God does not become an ideal so that man achieves community with him through constant striving. He humbles himself and takes upon himself the eternal death of the godless and the godforsaken, so that all the godless and the godforsaken can experience communion with them. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ has a message for you, even in the name that he bears, to say, I am with the sinners. I came to be with the sinners so that I may bring you back to where I am. That is the God that we serve. That is my Jesus. Uh, Something significant happened this week. If you're Korean, you probably know, right? Um, There was a meeting between the South Korean president and the North Korean, right? And I just got a picture of that. And it's apparently the first time that the North Korean president has stepped into uh, North South Korean soil. And they are talking about peace. Right? And it's such good hope. It is a great beginning. But all of us know for a fact that it is not a guarantee. Right? There is no sure uh, assurance in peace. But Jesus Christ, at the age of 33, he succeeds in world peace. He brings us salvation and peace that cannot be matched by anything or of any man. Isn't it time to follow him? Isn't it time to bear his name? Isn't that what we are? Christians, right? We bear the name of Christ in our identity. We are Christians. Are you able to follow him? Are you able to be like him and do what he does? See what he loves and be a loving um, Christian. Uh, Next picture. So that's my library. Um, I don't have 20,000 books, but I've made my decision to be a little bit like my dad. So I'm building onto my collection of books. Right. I hope that we can follow him. I hope that we can be a disciple of Christ to take upon that cross. Jesus of Nazareth, of a poor place, but he's of a descendant of king, and he promised us that we can be like kings. Even greater, we can be children of God. There is a home for us. It might not be on this earth, but I know that God has a place for us in heaven. And I hope that as our pilgrims, as those who are on our journey in life, that we can take up on the cross and say, I'm with Jesus. I would love to claim the name 
Jesus of Nazareth and be his children.